At the end of your life, what will be your legacy? What will you leave behind for future generations? For the world, join the world messenger, Isabella Lundberg, each week as she brings you a new distinguished guest from the business, sports, or entertainment world to share their success, their struggles, and their lessons. They will share their insights into current hot topics that affect everyone. Isabella facilitates an intimate, vulnerable environment to find the true value of humanity and real leadership. Are you ready for your legacy? The legacy that matters? Hello, hello, my beautiful friends. It's Isabella Olympic here at the World Messenger, and I'm inviting you for another epic episode of Legacy Leader Show. I have someone that I'm absolutely thrilled to introduce you to, uh, someone that is tremendously accomplished, and it's doing uh, outstanding work, and you guys will learn in a few seconds what exactly she's doing. We're, I have with me Dr. Maya Zalhich. Um, and she is a phenomenal, not only as an intern in Forbes School of Business and focusing on technology aspects of it in global campus of Arizona uh, University, which is amazing university, if you guys don't know about it, it's a great school and great programs, but also obviously a very accomplished, recognized in work that she does with tremendous impact on global scale, not only in the United States, but also globally. Without further ado, let me introduce you to Maya. Maya, welcome. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. And uh, thank you for inviting me and, and greetings to all of your listeners. Thank you. We're here August on the Legacy Leader Show, and we're always looking for amazing, powerful women. It's a month of March, and how to really highlight not only their accomplishments, but what they do to impact women globally. And you're one of those women, obviously very well uh, read, very well published on, on so many articles, and very well spoken on a wide range of topics. But Maya, do you mind sharing for our audience a little bit about your background? And, and how did you get into uh, obviously technology space and teaching as well as moving the needle forward and uh, with innovation and everything that you do? Sure, I was actually in the finance industry. I was working uh, for the Merrill Lynch Credit Corporation for quite some time. And first I was working uh, on the uh, more in the mortgage setting uh, and uh, eventually went into an academic training and, and through the um, uh, working in the academic training, uh, corporate training capacity, corporate training capacity, I've, I've discovered my love for, for teaching. So moved into the full world of academia in 2013, um, developed my love for the um, global lectures and research. And uh, I am a Fulbright specialist. Uh, I'm also a globe researcher and um, I've done uh, research ventures across the world. I was also working on the e-learning uh, implementation and development in the developing world. A lot of my research focus uh, has to do with studying the small enterprises in the developing world in particular, looking at the obstacle variables that entrepreneurs are facing uh, up against their, their character traits, uh, basically exploring what makes one successful. And as far as the uh, my, my full-time job, uh, as you mentioned, I'm an interim dean with the Forbes School of Business and Technology, part of the University of Arizona Global, uh, managing different programs in the, in the School of Business. 
and you're still fairly young and usually you see deans that are much uh, older wiser and 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 you know that, that they get that tenure down the road i mean obviously you are doing so many things right and and it's you've been also obviously in such a competitive industries where we're very mainly dominated actually so do you mind sharing a little bit for all the women that are watching and listening um how did you carve this path because i see a lot of passion determination but how did you navigate all these complexities to really get where you are today? Well, actually, when it comes to the women's leadership, I actually developed developed interest in women's leadership actually by accident because our, our college, we launched the Center for Women's Leadership in, in June of 2020. And right now it's a, it's a well-established organization under the umbrella of the Forbes School of Business and Technology. We're doing different mentorship ventures. We're doing different research ventures. We have community chats, workshops, and also main events. And I started getting a little bit more interested in the concept of, of women leadership. And I'll be quite frank with you, as I was going through my um, educational journey, my professional journey, I've, I've not necessarily, um, I never thought in terms of a female versus ma male leadership. As a matter of fact, I had some terrific uh, men who were mentors. Uh, I had a very uh, strong uh, uh, family structure and, and the most influential person in my life was my grandfather. Uh, and actually uh, my, my, encount, my, my experience with, with not only male leaders, but men in my life uh, has been quite positive. Uh, however, I was mindful of, of some of the struggles that women are facing, especially in the developing world. Uh, I was noticing uh, the gender gap still not closing in so many parts of the world, especially in the world of education. And a lot of things that we've done in the areas of e-learning and development was geared towards closing that gap and enabling girls to, to go to school and educate themselves even uh, at higher rates than they are. Uh, I also, through many different ventures, many different experiences, uh, was encountering the industries and the fields where women are underrepresented and definitely there is a there is a huge opportunity for example during the times of covid women were actually leaving the workforce even in the western world at much higher rate than their male counterparts because women are still uh those that are raising families they're still nurturing uh, their families their kids and uh and as a matter of fact uh, uh, they are paid less on average and when when it boils down to who leaves uh, their their job in order to take care of the kids in times of covid it was actually uh women versus men um so to go back to your original to go back to your original question i think the um the focus on female studies women leadership kind of landed in my lap versus me <laughs> proactively seeking it and my obstacles in life had to do with other struggles outside of the venues of my gender um, uh, came from a from a war torn country. I, I was going through a refugee camp experience. I was an immigrant in the United States. Those were some of the main themes uh, pertaining to my some of the challenges I encountered. Uh, I do feel almost that my gender was on the back seat when it comes to that. I've, I haven't felt um, I was blessed not to feel uh, uh, that that was an obstacle. Mm. Wow, what a powerful share. And and then and, and you're right, depending on what we grow grow up with and environment we're exposed, how we carry that, right, in our DNA and who we are and how they shape us. Maya, both of us have something very in common. Both of us are raised in former Yugoslavia, actually. And both of us experienced war and um, a lot of unfortunate events that occurred. And I feel like in some ways, some people get stronger and 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 take reins in their life, and some people still struggle to figure it all 
this and it looks like you also took amazing reins and crafted and created a beautiful uh, future for yourself and and do you mind sharing a little bit of those experiences that we're seeing also some of president time that are happening back in Europe again um, in 21st century that is affecting us all tremendously um, what would you be able to share for the women and men, for all of our audience, actually, um, in terms of, um, you know, what they can do and in terms of responsibility to accountable, responsible leadership, please. Yeah, well, I think nowadays we're, we're again, painfully aware of what's happening in the world. And, and, and to be quite frank with you, I'm trying to stay off of the news cycle as, as much as possible. Um, mm -hmm. I do feel that... Um, uh, individuals that are from the uh, war-torn areas, uh, areas of former Yugoslavia, we all have a collective trauma. And we do know that a lot of studies pertaining to trauma is that that we do have those flare-ups and, and, and PTSD does flare up when, when there are certain situations happening in the world or, or in our surrounding that, that remind us of that, of that initial trigger. Um, so situations that are happening in Ukraine, things that were happening in Syria, things that were happening in Afghanistan, I do realize that the focus of the world community right now is predominantly Ukraine, being that it's a European country, but I would like to remind everyone to, to look at the broader spectrum of the tragedies across this world. So my reaction to what's happening in Ukraine is actually very similar to my reactions to seeing what Afghani women are, are going through uh, uh, in just a, you know, a, a few months ago, or what Syrians refugees were going through and still are going through uh, throughout Europe uh, trying to find their place under the sky. So I would like to first off kind of point that out because I think the focus right now is only in one area. Let's look at the broader spectrum of of the tragedies, uh, wars, and also uh, the refugee crisis in the world. Um, I do feel that um, that when it comes to what had happened to us in in our region, it was incredibly traumatic. It was a, a it was a absolutely life changing. And I do feel that all of us, and you you probably have your story. I have my story. It took me a few years to recover from the initial shock of of of. of basically losing everything that was dear to me as far as my life and and and, and my entire my entire existence um, i ended up being in a refugee camp in in austria uh, on my own um, uh, my parents made a decision my grandparents made a decision to stay in sarajevo to stay in bosnia and at that point of time um, i found myself uh, incredibly young uh, alone in, in in that type of a setting and trying to process all the feelings and 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 being worried about my my uh, my family and 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 everyone uh, left home. With that said, uh, my journey was easier that I would like to emphasize than the journey of those who stayed um, in Bosnia, stayed in Sarajevo, stayed in the areas that were impacted by the war. So I always like to to draw a parallel and say I cannot even put my experience in the same sentence with their experience. Uh, being a refugee is absolutely traumatic, but it's still much better than than staying in the war war, war zone. Um, so after the few years of the initial um, trauma and 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 trying to recover, settling here in the United States, um, at that point of time, the United States was incredibly welcoming uh, pertaining to the refugee population, and I had some incredible friends here and 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 people at work that helped me uh, throughout my journey. And then I feel that my journey within the United States. I stand firmly in stating it was it was quite easy, and it was easy thanks to the American people and and their assistance and their generosity and their help, and thanks to all these coworkers and friends at work, uh, uh, um, you know, helping me with my English, helping me with the workflow, and and making me feel welcomed. 
Um, I do hope, and I know this is not a political show, but I do hope that uh, someone finds inspiration in this message. Uh, when you help a person that is displaced, a person that is coming from a war-torn country, and you're, you're not even realizing how much of a difference you make in that person's life. Uh, a kind word, uh, an invite to dinner, or, or showing them around and, and, and teaching them your culture uh, can be life-changing. Wow, you are amazing, Maya. And I, I just love everything you shared and it resonates a million times over with everything you just said. Um, similar stories and parallels, but what's also beautiful, yes, you're right. Um, having relationship with people, I used to resettle refugees from all over the world, actually over 120 countries. And when you look at how many countries in the world we have, that is more than a half of the world that it's been in modern time affected and displaced due to actually inflicted from one another um, these horrible, horrific events. And you spot on, I just had a message from beautiful Ghani doctor that is losing hope and, he, and he even said, Isabel, because of focus what's going on in Ukraine, um, aggression starts to be much stronger because, because they're diverting attention somewhere else. And we're in Libya, Afghanistan, and, and as you said, Syria and all other countries being uh, completely, completely shattered uh, and, and, and seeing magnitude of viciousness in terms of attack and specific attack obviously on the woman. Um, but it's so beautiful also what you shared that where is the will, there is the way, right? When we have a right attitude, so much is possible. And um, I was displaced myself. I was I had a horrible escape outside of skirts, just a little bit of Sarajevo, but in sieged area for quite a bit of time and, and managed to escape. But it's interesting, I lived in four countries, um, actually five with US on my own as a young teenager as well. And it was so interesting to see um, what is going on with so many people and people don't realize like we don't want a refugees but like we continue to create the refugees and we have a such a really negative rap what refugees are all about and i keep saying like refugees are created only in two instances and trust me nobody under sun wants to be refugee uh other environmental crisis or war and you have to have to escape and run for your dear life so speaking of all of that do you mind sharing your perspective just because we see magnitude and you said people displaced and generations and generations impacted any words of wisdom from your perspective because we need also um leverage not only our education and our experiences but to really hopefully positively impact how we make these decisions, what do we do and how we handle it? Any words of wisdom from your perspective? Well, not to go, not to go back to the gender, gender studies, it, it does appear that in the vast majority of the world, the male leaders are the ones making these decisions. And uh, we don't have that many instances in the world where the female leaders started a war. Uh, what I'm saying is I'm advocating uh, more voices to be heard when it comes to the female leadership within the framework of empathy and compassion. And I do feel that uh, back to your point, uh, men and women, children, everyone's impacted by the war and the refugee situation. Yes, it does appear that women and children will be impacted the most because uh, uh, you, you are seeing this in the in, on those trains that are coming out of Ukraine. You're seeing uh, just the other day, I saw uh, as much as I'm trying to stay uh, um, off of the news cycle, I, we saw uh, a video of a young boy um, walking alone, uh, crossing into crossing into Poland. So the, so, so the human tragedy, um, 
let's let's highlight the refugee crisis throughout the world. Back to your point, there will be parts of the world that will take advantage of this situation for for some people that are uh, absolutely with evil intentions, uh, uh, you know, advancing their agendas. Because the world, uh, it does appear that world does have a very uh, short attention span, and it's almost as if we can only focus on one crisis area at a time. Uh, during the the what's happening right now in Ukraine, you're going to have so many other hundreds of crises across the world that might have been at a at a at a a smaller scale, but it's still a tragic and, and absolutely catastrophic scale for those people that are impacted. And and like I said, we we've seen some 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 sad uh, uh, trends and some sad observations where the refugees uh, are treated differently, uh, based on their race, based on their religion, based on their ethnicity. And this may actually bring us to the point of of, of raising awareness of the treatment of refugees. Back to your point, no one wants that label. And uh, uh, and this notion of, oh, you know, there was a war in your country, you guys have been fighting forever. You know, you and I know that we lived in peace. We, we, we were born in peace. We grew up in peace. And and up until that that very day when the when the war started, because I was just a teenager, absolutely was I not anticipating this to happen. So this notion that somehow we were better prepared mentally for that type of a horrific situation is ridiculous. And it's actually quite offensive. So no one wants this label. No one wants to carry the torch for, uh, you know, for all the refugees based on his or her own experience. It's much better if you help without having that experience. But having that experience makes you more aware, makes you more compassionate. There are reports coming out. Of, I just read this morning where, you know, uh, one set of refugees will be accepted and they want to return the other set of refugees that are deemed their countries now in, in a better situation, which is not the case. So let's not let's not differentiate between different sets of refugees and let's uh, let's look at the human tragedy and a Syrian mother carrying a baby uh, uh, is equally in danger as as the Ukraine mother carrying a baby. Uh, as long as we see both of those mothers as who they are, two mothers in need of dire help trying to protect their children, we're not going to advance as a as a as a human race. Mm. Excellent points because unfortunately we've seen a magnitude of discrimination, we've seen magnitude of mistreatment and also frankly different coverage and amount of coverage and perspective as a result of who we're talking to and that narrative needs to change it's it's heart-wrenching and you spot on and 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 seeing the pain and and suffering and doesn't matter where which part of the continent or what ethnic group or religion ultimately it is another human being that is experiencing horrible uh, circumstances. And you're right, deporting people. I remember even when I was in, uh, in Sweden, a political asylum at the time, um, and then just having these different uh, arrangements, uh, how much also created to, uh, to uproot. And, and you're right, even decades later for so many people uh, being forcefully sent back and then, then, then they did not survive or whatever agenda might be. And we're seeing too much political agenda that is upsetting and not really creating this environment that we need in order to thrive, right? So do you mind sharing a little bit, how did you create this after magnitude of issues, obviously, and experiences this amazing thriving mindset? I really admire you making bold strides, not only with education, with the language, putting yourself in um, financial industry that is still quite, you know, challenging in many ways and a lot of changes and a lot of rules and restrictions, right? Uh, but seems like you're just really 
flow seamlessly. So do you mind sharing for everyone that wants to break into something they never did or have a big dream and vision? What would you recommend for them to obtain that? Well, I would first like to go back to your original question where I got that that strength from and, and what made me thrive in, in so many areas. Uh, I was incredibly blessed. I was born as the only child. I grew up in a household with parents and grandparents. And my grandparents retired when I was born, but they were still very, very young. Uh, my grandfather would start with me every single morning with uh, going through different, and I mentioned this on a few shows, so I, don't, I wouldn't like to repeat myself, but actually we would, we, would, we would eat breakfast and then we would start studying different subjects. And I was five years old, we were talking about philosophy, logic, history, geography, politics. And then we would play a party of chess or we would start with chess and then we would go into all those topics. And, and, and there was this one theme, which was actually very interesting to me. He kept telling me, you can do whatever you wanna be. You need to be financially independent. And he said, uh, you are a girl, but you can do everything that boys can do. Uh, I had no idea how revolutionary he was for his time and age, considering the still patriarchal society that we grew up in to a certain degree. Yeah. I also didn't realize that that type of upbringing was not typical. When I started going to school and started talking to my little friends, I kind of realized, no, that is not necessarily how their morning started every single morning. <laughs> so I, I realized that my family is a little different. Um, on top of that, I had one of the best education. Uh, I always say that the education in former Yugoslavia in general was, was an, of an incredible quality, incredible educators. I went to a high school that had two Nobel Prize winners. Uh, so so though, that is the foundation that I started with, the foundation of love, the foundation of education, the foundation of, of teaching me that I can be whatever I can be, motivating me, believing in me, and, 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 and ultimately, ultimately giving me the strength to, 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 to sustain myself when I was all alone. So you go through that type of period for 17 years. Sometimes people ask me, was your childhood really that perfect? And I said, I'm not sure. I'm not sure if my childhood was really that wonderful or was everything that came thereafter so horrific that in comparison, the childhood all of a sudden became this beacon of, of hope and light. So found myself in a, in a, in a refugee camps of Europe, a struggle to, 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 to do stuff on my own, making my grandfather proud, making my parents proud, making my grandmother proud, making my family proud and still moving forward was on the forefront of my thinking. And no matter how hard it got, I was always able to, to draw strength from those type of experiences. Um, that is when I talk, uh, um, I've talked to so many women, so many girls across the world, uh, from the Southern African region, Middle East, uh, you know, the Balkan region, Europe, uh, you know, uh, uh, Central America, Caribbean. And, and there are certain themes that we have as, as women, not only women leaders, it is incredibly important to have that support early on in life. It is incredibly important for us to give our boys and our girls in particular that level of support, that level. And love is the Love is the most powerful foundation. If there is no love, the absence of love will impact a person's life. Um, and, and it is very hard to recover. Uh, presence of love will sustain a person even when it gets incredibly hard. My grandfather left us in 2000, um, he passed away. Every single day as I do things in life, and I'm actually not exaggerating, every single day I think to myself, am I making him proud? 
And those are the type of things that, you know, I, I draw strength from that. Someone else will draw strength from, from something else. But I remember when we talked about politics with him, where he was asking me to, to, to solve certain world crises at the time. And, 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 and the notion of this man asking this little girl to think about those things. And, and a lot of times when I was doing the e-learning implementation and technology in the Southern African region, seeing the difference it makes, especially in the lives of women, I, I felt as if he prepared me my entire childhood for that moment of time. I was always prepared for that moment of time. I always feel ready because he put me one, two, three steps ahead. And, and I was blessed. Uh, many people are not as lucky. Um, and um, I, I cannot even imagine encountering the things that we encountered without having that foundation that I had. That is beautiful. Thank you for sharing that. And because you're right, what we, and if we could sadly miss that foundation, it's possible to install as adults and also to future generation, but such a beautiful, tremendous gift. And for everyone that has that great tap into it and that did not had start rediscovering and tapping in because we're stronger, more stronger than we give ourselves credit. And you ride with the making strategic choices, thinking, critical thinking, obviously all of those things he thought you so early on helped you absolutely and prepare you for that. And, and, and results shows and absolutely you make him proud. You make me proud. I'm not even related to you, but yet I feel like so much, uh, you know, it's not only similarity, but just to see someone from Sarajevo and region that I grew up and I come and stem from, to see succeeding in such a competitive industries and, and in competitive environments, which is very hard for foreigners in general to break into. And it's truly the fact. Um, I just want to say kudos, kudos for showing what's possible, kudos for being amazing you. And in the same time, raising the bar. Because all, you are raising tremendous bars. So with that in mind, um, any piece of advice for anyone that uh, wants to strive for greatness and do more and be more, what would you recommend? Absolutely. Um, it's not a cliche. Find your area of passion and find your area within which you can make a difference. Uh, don't think big. It, it, it's okay to think big, but think in terms of in your surrounding. Can you make someone's lives better um, that, that you know, a friend of yours, a colleague of yours? Then think about your neighborhood, think about your community. Uh, within your area of expertise, uh, every single one of us was put on this, on this world for, for a reason. So what is that reason? Find, find your purpose. And as you find your purpose, and, and I, I've done so many things in life and I went through many different industries. I've done so many rewarding things. But I remember standing in the in the classroom in, in Zambia, and I remember a little girl, a young woman, approaching me and thanking me profoundly for the e-learning implementation I've done six months prior to that. And I was so confused because I've never met her. And I actually said something to the extent of, I'm humbled, but I've never met you. And she said to me that she was supposed to marry because she couldn't go to school. She couldn't go to the University of Zambia because it was far away and, and her father could not afford her to have an apartment or, or, or to have transportation. And with the e-learning implementation, uh, we, she was now able to attend the university of her choice and postpone the marriage that she didn't want to, that she didn't, didn't want to go into it to begin with. There are many stories like that, where you actually end up making a difference in someone's life without my little area of influence. And like I said, you know, there are these uh, uh, global politicians, the economists, 
people that are really changing the world for the better for all of us, the scientists now with a, you know, with a pandemic, I mean, the scientists help us uh, get us out of this, out of this pandemic. But every single person can be a, a community leader. Every single person can be an educator, a kindergarten teacher. Every single person can make that difference. Find your passion, find your purpose, make a difference within your little area of influence and try to advance the school to make it a better place one person at a time. That would be my biggest advice. Mm. Wow, that is so powerful because you were creating ripple effects. You're right. And you don't know and what, how far that it reaches and you don't know uh, implications of it. But uh, the best thing is just do it, keep doing right, because it's 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 not only satisfaction, but ultimately it is the game changer. Wow, 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 wow. So, Maya, you have so much going on. And do you mind sharing what is coming up? What is planning for 2020 and what's in your bucket list? I mean, you've traveled the world, you're making tremendous strides as a dean and, 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 and an educator, uh, but also obviously in a business scope of uh, wh wherever you are. So wh what is there uh, coming next in your life, professionally or personally would like to share? Well, um, I'm still on a Fulbright tenure, so I'm hoping to complete uh, uh, another Fulbright project. I'm working with the uh, with a college in Oman that I'm hoping to be able to do a Fulbright project for uh, with them uh, uh, end of this year. I am uh, I am still working uh, in collaborating with companies and uh, and promoting not only uh, the book I co-authored with Dr. Diane Hamilton on perception, but also working on perception index implementation uh, uh, across the world with different companies. Uh, perception index is is actually uh, uh, evaluating uh, different different variables that are impacting a person's perception as it correlates to the motivation and effectiveness at a workplace. So that is my second area of, of focus. Uh, uh, of course, working with uh, uh, within the Forbes School of Business and Technology, University of Global uh, Arizona Global Campus, on the uh, uh, program promotion, program development, uh, supporting our students, uh, enabling them to be successful individuals and and, and pursue their career goals. Uh, on a personal level, I have an educational trip with my daughter that I'm hoping will still take place in Europe, uh, Spain, Portugal, and Gibraltar. So I'm hoping I will get that done as 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 well, and 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 really hope for the pandemic to be completely completely over because I would like <laughs> to go back into the uh, global research. I am missing the field research. I, I I don't do research from the comfort of my home. I don't do research through online libraries. I like to go there, observe, and study uh, in person. And those are the things that I was not able to do due to the pandemic. So I'm hoping that will uh, that will change too. Those were some of the things that I'm thinking of and 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 hoping uh, uh, that I'll be able to fulfill this year and in the years to come. That is amazing. A lot of great work coming and uh, outputs. And I'm just glad I forgot to mention earlier uh, about that you also co-author and created a tremendous book. And I'm a huge fan of Dr. Hamilton and I had her chance to be on the Legacy Leader Show. Uh, such amazing power of two women joining together and putting great book together for all of us, not only to read, but also to implement and make a huge difference in world that we have a sphere of influence to. Maya, with everything that you already did, you established a tremendous legacy for yourself. I'm curious with now, as they say, as older we get and more wise, wise, I'm sorry, uh, what, what would you like your legacy to be? What would you like to be known and remembered for? I, I would like to be never thought of 
of, of that. That's a good question. I don't think I reflected on it as of, as of yet because I still feel like I'm in the midst of, of doing. Uh, I, I would say a, a legacy of an educator, a person that changed, uh, that changed some people's lives and, and um, empowered them with tools to be successful. Um, I also would like to be remembered as a, as a compassionate person and as an uh, authentic leader. Um, so those are the type of things that uh, that uh, that I pride myself in, and you know, as as far as my my personal, <laughs> I would like to to be remembered as a good mom, mm -hmm. um, and hopefully my kids. Uh, not sure about my teenager right now. I don't think you you probably don't want to survey her right this moment, uh, <laughs> but uh, maybe in a few years, I would, like to, I would like to be I would like to be remembered as a good mom. <laughs> so you have a two two daughters? No, I have a twenty three year old son and a sixteen year old daughter. Oh, six year old. Okay, so you yeah. have a one of each. That's amazing. Yeah, you're right. The different age groups, and then it's like yeah. those times, like when mom says, "No, you can't do certain things," yeah. or, or, or shape a little bit uh, where they're going and what they're doing. Uh, it's not always the favorable, right? Yeah. I'm definitely, I am definitely not her favorite right now. As <laughs> as, of, as of yesterday, uh, uh, he was very loud and clear on that that she, that I'm not her favorite. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> she will appreciate down the road the tough love. I know as both of us did in our own times yeah. growing up in Sarajevo and 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 just having the combination of of, of mindset of people where they're like the rules are rules with the reason yeah, absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> oh my goodness this was amazing conversation and I just want to ask you do you have anything in closing that I did not touch on that you would like to share with some closing remarks for our audience here on the Legacy Leader Show Thank you so much. I think you touched upon all the all the great topics. I would like to 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 say hi to all of your listeners and 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 if uh, there are young people listening to us in the audience, uh, educate yourself, pursue your dream uh, dreams, and and find your area of passion and focus on that area of passion and make a difference. Brilliant. And if people want to get in touch with you, what is the best way to reach? And then also if they wanted to buy the book or follow or even possibly enroll in your programs, what would you recommend? I would actually send you, I'll send you a few links. Uh, LinkedIn is the best way to get in touch with me. I am on Twitter just a little bit. I'm not really a Twitter person, but LinkedIn is the best way. And I think LinkedIn, especially for young people, it's a great way to network and, and expand one's horizons. I would also include the uh, the uh, the info for, for the book. And if there are any companies, um, any leaders of the companies listening, Perception Index may be of interest. So I'll send you all three links that you can include uh, uh, as you're posting this uh, podcast. Fantastic. So guys, you're going to get all of it served to you on tip of the fingers and definitely make sure you comment and reach out to Maya and uh, provide the feedback. Okay. Maya, absolute pleasure wishing you a phenomenal rest of your day and we look forward to having you back down the road and cannot wait to see what amazing things you're going to create in months and years to come. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Thank you for listening to Legacy Leader Show. If you enjoyed the content and had a positive experience, then please leave us a positive rating. In addition, leave us positive review whenever you are listening on whatever platform there might be. Make sure your friends and family also know about the benefit and value that we provide and what we have to offer. Cheers.